and welcome to Women in the Business Arena, formerly known as the Liberation Lab. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs how to conquer the business arena and achieve not just success, but fulfillment and liberation. We also believe that this is a continual journey of ups and downs, so we get honest, vulnerable, and real about what it takes to succeed. Think of this as joining our inner circle of women discussing the issues that matter and the strategies that will help you enjoy the ride. If you want to continue the discussion, join our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. We would love to hear from you. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Laura Shuk-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hey, Sonia. How is it going today? It's going well. It's going well. We're just, you know, doing the chopping wood, carrying water thing, as we've talked about before. I find that is like one of the podcasts that so many people love. Um, If you haven't listened to that episode, it's a great one. Uh, But today we wanted to kind of dive in and talk a little bit about the proper way to grow your business. I think that a lot of people's focus is on growing their business because of course we want to make more more profit, we want to have more impact, we want to reach more people. And what I find is that a lot of people are going about that process um, the wrong way or an inefficient way um, or in a, a way that will produce a lot less results. So I want to talk about like what are some of the sequence or some of the ways to grow your business more effectively? Yeah, I like this. I like that you actually started with the um, chopping wood, carrying water. It's like, okay, what happens when you have to chop more wood and carry more water and you start doing that too soon and you drop all the wood and spill all the water? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good, yeah. It's what happens when you definitely are chopping too much wood and carrying too much water. (laughs) Yes. Well, I mean, I think that with this challenge, um, it always brings back the uh, sort of the culture and the conditioning that can happen in the mm. startup world or in the entrepreneurial world where comparison will come out to play yeah. and you'll see people growing their businesses and people scaling and they're already opening it. Um, like in the co-working world, I see someone who's only been open for a year or two and it's like, wow, they're opening their second location. They're opening their third. Or you mm. may see people online that are um, doing the next big launch or the next big platform. And psychologically, we can kind of get caught up in feeling that, oh, we're just supposed to be there because that's where everyone else is. Um, But you have no idea what's going on in that person's business. So growth has to be a personal thing. And it takes a lot of, I believe, reflection and preparation before you really take your beautiful business and take it to the next step. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think there is sort of internal aspects of growth that are really important. And also, you know, the external aspects of growth. Like I talk so much about sequence and, you know, that sequence is really important. You know, the ability to be able to do things in the proper order, because what happens is when we, when we do things out of sequence, then we're, you know, often way ahead of where we need to be. We're doing things that, you know, are for two years ahead rather than from where we are right now. And it takes a real really long time to get anywhere. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah. So the sequencing, sequencing is something I've heard you talk about in different areas of your business. And I'm definitely in agreement that growth would be where it's really important because it's like creating the foundations and creating sustainable growth. Um, it's important to understand. So where does somebody start with that? Like, how do you recommend that people look at, is there one size fits all sequencing or is it per person, (laughs) per business? Well, definitely like I think sequencing is somewhat customized, right? Because I think, you know, to lay anything over that's general for everybody, I think it's just, you know, not accurate. I do think there are sort of markers and there's sort of things that, that, you know, do apply to most businesses. Like for instance, you know, one of the first stages really in growth is that you need to have a really stable business foundation, right? And I've talked about this a lot. This is what, this is literally what I talk about all the time in my own marketing and in my program as well, is, you know, we need to make sure that we have really stabilized foundations so that we're able to make sure that we can grow from the right place. Whereas when we have a little, a really rocky foundation, then we're not able to really grow effectively. And eventually we're just going to have a house of cards. We're either going to get exhausted, we're going to fail, we're, we're going to have, you know, exerted all of our money and effort in everything we do. Um, and it's, you know, and it makes it really, really difficult. So that's actually a stage that really every business needs to go through. And so, yeah, yeah. I think that's, and, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, and do you think that that's somewhat of a, takes a little bit of an internal audit or do you bring in professionals to kind of help you audit where you are in the foundations of your business? Cause I have seen, and I have experienced, so I'm not pointing fingers here right back at me, um, that I sometimes want to scale something because I'm frustrated with something happening in my business. Um, like I'm ready to go to that next thing or I'm bored or I'm trying to distract myself. And if I'm looking at my foundations, then I may say, yeah, good. It's fine. Look at that. Check, check, check. Cause I'm eager and anxious, you know, to go to that next level. Yeah. So how do we know if we're really going, if we're ready for that next sequence because our business is really, there and ready, or we're trying to run too quickly to that next place to maybe run away from a problem. Mm, I mean, that's such a good question. And I wish there was like a single answer. You know, I think, (laughs) I think this is where it's really good to have a mentor or support to someone who can look at it. Cause a lot of people want to rush ahead in my process as well. And, you know, I think I'm able to sort of be able to discern and say, Hey, I feel like you're still here in this stage. Let's keep working that stage, you know, and not move on until that's more solid. So I think sometimes it helps to really have someone outside of yourself. I mean, I think, you know, you're, we're kind of talking about two things there. Like one is how do we know what each stage feels like? So, you know, let's take the first stage, which is really having a really stable and solid foundation. How do we know what that feels like and looks like? And so, you know, there's, there's sort of things we can talk about in a minute in terms of, you know, here's what the definition of that is. But I think what you're also talking about is, you know, self-awareness, being really aware of patterns that we have that push us past, you know, what is stable for us that, you know, compares, as you were saying earlier, are all of those sort of psychological pieces that cause us to um, destabilize ourselves and our business by running too fast. Yeah. Well, you know how I am, Sonia, is like everything goes through that lens of like Mm -hmm. the psychological, uh, relational piece of it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think about, when I think about my business, I'll often think, well, what would I be doing in 
relationship to my child or relationship to my partner? And is that, is that happening in my business? I'm always like kind of drawing these parallels. And in one way, if you think about when people are in a relationship that is sometimes struggling rather than seeing like really wanting to back up and lay the foundation and look at where those energy leaks are and really like go into therapy, like figure out what that relationship needs in order, in order to grow. Mm -hmm. I'll see a lot of couples just try to go more intimate. Like they'll try to Mm -hmm. make a deeper commitment or they'll try to move in together or they'll do the next thing. And I bring that up because that's what I see in businesses too. Very Mm -hmm. similar the way people are, in relationship to their intimate partners or just the people in their life that mean a lot, their businesses are also very important to them. They're attached to their businesses. So we kind of make some similar psychological, um, I won't use the word mistakes. We make interesting assessments (laughs) that sometimes we're covering up, you know? So I don't know. That's just on my mind as we're talking. It's like, oh yeah, those different ways that that plays out. So true. And I think, you know, in our uh, hunt for growth, in our, you know, quest for more success or even financial stability or whatever it is we're sort of doing things for in our business, I think absolutely all of those patterns play out. They're all present. Like, you know, I think that's one of the things I have to sort of pay attention to when I'm working with people. It isn't just the physical components and the structures of their business, which are also really important. Like, I'm really looking for some of those patterns that are playing out. You know, is someone pushing because that's really, you know, what's aligned to where they want to go? Is there some, you know, um, behavior pattern that's been triggered? You know, and so we're all, we're always looking at those things. And yeah, I think it's really interesting. And this is one of the reasons why I love business so much is because it is such a beautiful ground for self-awareness and a beautiful ground for integrating our psychological patterns and, you know, for, for growing ourselves and, and making ourselves better. But I do think that growing a business with the you know, if you have the intention of growing your business, which most people do, I do yeah. think that brings up very sort of specific patterns and and really interesting comparisons and things that we need to be become more aware of. Yeah. And I mean, growth is going to look so different for yeah. every business because mm. for some people, it's the growth of clients, just having actual more people they're serving, higher uh, number of, of people coming through their program. Some people at growth means another brick and mortar, actually opening up a location or another location. Sometimes growth is like, how am I going to take my growth, my financial goals to that next level by adding on additional programs? Um, so maybe, or maybe taking my current clients and creating newer programs that they're going to then move into. So, I mean, I think that with growth often when you hear about it in sort of the business context, or I'm just thinking like when you're reading the five minute um, blog post on Forbes or um, Inc. Magazine or things like that, you know, sometimes it's like all in one category, like growth, you know, and like how to scale your business, you know, just like, it's just not that simple. It's not that one size. It's so unique to each entrepreneur, like what that business is about. Yeah. And I think, you know, even that, like, we've got to talk about some of the terms too in language. Like, for instance, growth just means you're growing an aspect of your business. Maybe that's your growing clients. Maybe that's your growing income. Like, there's a lot of sort of aspects and metrics to growth. But scaling is a totally different thing, which is really about leveraging your time. So it is about growth, but it's it's specifically about leveraging your time so that you can take in more people, but with less time. 
for, is an example. Right. And so I think those are very different, but they're often used interchangeably. And I think a lot of people don't really understand what it even means. They're like, oh, I want to scale my business, but they don't really sort of understand what the that term or concept is, which is really, like I said, about leveraging your time. And I think it's interesting because... You know, I want to, I do want to talk practically about some of the ways that we can grow our businesses and what that looks like. And, you know, as I was talking about earlier with a stable foundation, which is sort of my mantra and, and something that I like absolutely focus on, uh, and so much of my work. And it's because so many businesses out there don't have a stable foundation. So when I talk about a stable foundation, I'm talking about a very like specific and simplified, um, solid business foundation that includes one really specific target market, you know, one program offer a product, just one, you know, one sales process that is very simple. So you have one way that you're converting leads into sales, you know, one form of lead generation, which right there, most people don't have, they've got like 50 ways they're trying to get clients. Um, and then you've got, you know, that like time in that process and the skills in that you need to really kind of build that foundation. So some of those skills are like sales skills as an example. And I think that solid foundation is so key and you spend a significant portion of time honing that one thing. But what I find is like right then and there, most businesses are way out of sequence because they don't have one target market. They don't have one offer or program, program or product. They've got three or five or whatever it is. They don't have one sales process. They have a 5 million sales processes. They don't have one, one traffic source. They're trying to be on every form of social media. And so, you know, right then that foundation is really broken and then people are trying to grow off of that. Um, and so I think, you know, we, we've got to, to start to look at what are some of the proper ways to grow. And the reason why I think the solid foundation is the best way to start is because once you have that, you'll be making money, you'll be uh, streamlining your time. And then it, it really equates to a very sort of easy next step to scaling your time or creating growth in your business. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Well, and I keep like kind of what's standing out to me is, yeah, very hard learned lesson for me is like me- how important it is to measure it. So it's like, if you're not mm. measuring it, it's not going to grow. You know? mm. And, um, I didn't understand metrics. Like as a self-taught entrepreneur, you know, I was learning business as I went along and it was a bit easier to learn about marketing and content strategy and those types of things. Cause I feel like that's the shiny, um, interesting piece of business mm-hmm. that you, or at least for me, I was like, Ooh, that's what I want to learn. And it's on Instagram and Facebook and there's these cool workshops and I want to <laughs> tell my brand story and I want to have a great website. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody really talked uh, or I didn't see it. Maybe I ignored it, but like the actual importance of measuring, like what are your business metrics? How are you measuring them? what's the systems in place to look at your lead generation and how are you going to define it and measure it? You know, it's kind of the non-sexy stuff, but it's so important. And I didn't learn about it for a long time. And it, I lost out on years of data. That was this like roadmap to how I could have, you know, run my business more efficiently and sustainably quicker. And I just didn't pay attention to it for a long time. 
Yeah, well, it's so true. It's why we talk. We need to talk more about money and have these conversations around metrics, because you're like, you know, it's exactly right in terms of what that does. Is, and we talk a lot about not judging the metrics and not putting sort of labels on the metrics, but being more neutral with metrics. Because what that does is it allows us to see if we're not converting sales. So when I go and I look at someone and I see, okay, they've got leads coming in organically, you know, but they're not converting into clients, then I can instantly start to look at, okay, they have a low sales conversion. So there's one of a few things happening. They've got the wrong target market, in which case that part of the foundation needs to be changed and pivoted. They are not good at sales, which means they're not going to convert very high because their sales process is flawed. So there's these like little pieces that I'm able to look at to help someone improve one tiny area. And this is one of the thing about growth that I think we also have to consider and look at around all of this is we need to know what's working and not working. And we need to change one tiny thing at a time. So many people are doing doing what I call hope marketing or they're, you know, they're sort of like out there in the world throwing seeds out, hoping that some of those seeds might hit fertile ground and they're wasting so much energy and effort when really it's about, you know, looking for where the fertile ground is, where your ideal target market is, you know, and, and just doing little things to be able to plant the right seeds. And I think, you know, this is the piece that we have to look at is that oftentimes when people are trying to grow, they're literally just throwing everything out. They're throwing everything at growth and it's too much. They can't even evaluate what's working and not working because they're putting so much effort out. Yes. Yeah. And you've talked about this a lot with sort of not staying in our lane or Mm. doing too many things. And I think with growth, that's something that people try to grow too many aspects of their business at the same time as well, because we all have this tendency, myself included, to sometimes throw too much spaghetti on the wall. Like I'm notorious (laughs) for saying, hey, you know, like this is just spaghetti on the wall. I'm going to see what sticks. But you really can't do that like with a growth mentality of like, I'm just going to, I'm going to try that and that and that, and we're going to see which one grows. And then I'll just follow that. You know, that sounds good, (laughs) but it doesn't always work because you can't really focus on what's going on with each of those efforts. It's just way too much for one person or even a team to track if a business is kind of going in too many directions at once. At least Mm. that's yeah, my perspective. Yeah. Well, absolutely. It's kind of like when you're when you're doing a diet, like say you've done, if you've ever done an elimination diet and you're adding one thing back at a time very slowly to see how your body and reacts, right? Well, it's the same with the business. When you're when you're eliminating things, like I strip a lot of my clients back to sort of the basics and the solid foundation, and then we have to try things and test things, but you want to do a little bit at a time because otherwise you'll never be able to evaluate what worked. So, you know, if you just put out five new things. Well, was it, you know, was it the offer that you changed? Was it the, the, you know, new lead generation or traffic source that you worked with? Was it the creative that you did? So if you talk to someone as an example who does like Facebook ads, right. And that's their job. They'll tell you that, you know, at first you need to test different pictures, but you don't change the copy. You don't change anything else in the ad, but the pictures. And you just test that one aspect. And then when you figure out which picture performs the best, well, then you might tweak one other thing and test that. But it's like you can't do everything or you can never figure out accurately what's working and not working for your growth. Exactly. So, I mean, how do we know we're ready to grow? I think that's the big question. How do we know we're ready for 
growth at all, or that we just need to stay where we are for a little bit longer. I'm just bringing it back around to the big question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I think for me, growth is done from a stable position. So I think you can look at it in terms of that. If where you are right now is not stabilized, you're probably not ready for growth. Because if you're growing off of an unstabilized foundation or an unstabilized place, you're just going to create more instability, right? Even if you have a short-term win or a short-term success, ultimately it won't be sustainable and you won't be able to continue it because you were sort of unstable to start. So, you know, that's where I look at is that, you know, whatever stage you're in in your business, the first thing you need to do is stabilize in that stage. And when you're stabilizing that stage, then that's the best place for growth. So, you know, just to sort of put some more examples around it or a vision around it, like, you know, I work primarily with service businesses. So coaches, consultants, marketers, wellness practitioners, people who are delivering services to clients. And the way that I look at it, you know, the first stage I take them through is designing, you know, their target market, their program, like all of the pieces that that will make up their foundation. I teach them a sales process, you know, so we've got those foundational pieces in place. And so once they're stabilized in that, once we have a good picture of who they serve, what they're offering, what their program looks like, what the sales process is, well, then they're ready for the next stage, which in my opinion is validation. So they have to go out and they have to talk to their target market. They have to prove that, you know, what they're working on, that what we've designed is actually relevant, is actually effective, is actually going to meet the client's needs. And so then they go through a validation period. That validation period can last anywhere for three months to years, like, because it's such an important part of the process. And then once they get really clear that everything is validated and they're stabilized in that section, well, then they're able to grow to the next next section, which is really about creating more leads and, you know, bringing more people in through the door because they've already proven everything else is effective. They've already worked with clients through the current program. Like they've done all this amazing validation and now they're ready to, to actually grow. And so I think it's about being able to really wherever you are in your business, it's looking at what part of my business is not stabilized. And, you know, I don't think we can talk about all of this as well without looking at like one of the problems I think that is really sort of epidemic is that a lot of people are starting businesses from an unstable position or they're leaping out of corporate as an example and starting a business and wanting it to be, you know, um, wanting to make their salary back within the first six months. You know, there's there's some illusions about how long it takes to grow a stable business. And that's a really challenging place because when you're already in an unstable financial position, and then you try to start a business from there, it's going to be a hard go because you're not going to have the time and the ability to stabilize yourself. Yeah, exactly. And I think those unrealistic expectations are the reason why we're having these conversations, you know, Mm -hmm. because so we can kind of shift the center there of of what is realistic. Um, I mean, I that's kind of also what the premature growth, you know, it's like the wanting to, to grow too quickly. My question, if I see, if I have a client that's expressing a frustration with their business and wanting to launch, wanting to go bigger, wanting to grow in some way, it's like, what is that need really about? Like what, what is the need that you have? What would that be satisfying? 
you know, yeah. um, because when you really ask yourself, and this kind of comes back to the, the pre-work or the inner work to be done when you start feeling the itch to grow, it's like mm. sitting with self and asking yourself, why do I desire this? Is it because I feel that I'll have actually more time because I'll have more revenue and therefore I can hire a bigger team. Mm. Um, but am I being realistic about how long that's going to take? Because often growth requires more before you have freedom from that, you know, yeah. before things are automated or before you have the revenue. And so just kind of coming back, like what's driving that growth, what's driving that desire for this change. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think that's such a good thing to do. I mean, anytime we're itching and I like that particular phrasing as well, because I feel like, you know, when we really feel like it's time to grow, we're probably from a pretty stable position and it's pretty neutral. But I think when we're feeling the itch, you know, are the pushing or the, um, you know, it's like a little bit of that, oh, I don't know, feeling of like, forcing or, mm -hmm. um, you know, running, you know, that kind of feeling. I think we have to stop and look at, yeah, what is the motives? Like what is, what is our, um, idea about it? Because I think that is the other challenge is that sometimes we have a concept about something and an idea about something that's not really based in truth. So for instance, a lot of people, and that is their solution. Like a lot of people that I work with, they come to me and they're like, I want more marketing because I want more clients because I want more freedom because I want to be able to hire a team to delegate everything to. But they don't realize that, for instance, hiring a team is not freedom. Like there, right. there's, a, there's a lot of stuff in hiring a team. It's a lot of work. It's like, oh, it's such a balance. You're going to hire bad people. You're going to lose people. You're going to, someone's going to quit right in the middle when you have like, you know, and you have to take it all back. I mean, there's so many aspects aspects of that. And Laura, I know you could speak to this a lot yeah. as well. <laughs> I mean, it's not an easy process. And so therefore, like the idea that just hiring a team is going to provide you freedom, that's an illusion. And even having more clients. So, you know, this is one of the reasons why when, I, when I'm asking someone what they really want to create and they say freedom... I'm like, well, do you actually want a lot more clients? Because that's not, that's also not freedom a lot of times. Like if we are obligated to many clients, if we are over our capacity trying to fulfill people and trying to support people and trying to help them, well, that also isn't freedom. So I think, you know, we, we have to get really clear about what we're motivated for and why we want to grow and what that looks like. And I think a lot of people are, are running from, um, the not being good enough, part of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was speaking to earlier is like when you are having challenges and you add on something just because you're trying to get that away from that discomfort, um, we're actually covering over or trying to distract yourself. And that's never a good um, trajectory for growth when it's coming from a reactivity. You know, it's like you're reacting to something instead of actively saying, um, my business is ready. I've measured it. I have a stable foundation and I'm making this very intentional action to grow. That feels different than reactive, which is just like, I don't know what's going on. I don't like this. I'm not free. I need more people. And so I'm just going to do this thing. I'm just going to grow this thing or launch this new program, you know, and it's yeah. going to fix it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, you know, uh, just, it's such a hard thing watching that 
activating in someone because, you know, I think, I think in general, a lot of us are impatient, right? So we, we, we want to rush the process of everything. We want to move everything faster. We, and, and some of that I think is that we don't want to be uncomfortable. We don't want to be in a place that feels uncomfortable, but I find that, you know, the more uh, slow and deliberate you take the process of building your business, the more sustainable it is long-term. And, yeah. and I think this is the, you know, if I could sort of like, you know, really put out a message, like this would be the piece because we all want sustainability. You may not see it now. You may not really feel it now or, or understand it now, but really you do because you don't want to get in a position and Laura and I can both attest to this where you are toppled over by a business that isn't sustainable and that you, you know, don't have the energy for and that you don't have the ability to keep moving, you know, in, in a direction. And then you have to get to this place where it's just constant stress, constant overwhelm, and you're not able to to grow it effectively and efficiently, you know, sustainability is really important. Yeah, yeah. And I think sustainability is something that is the least um, glamorous or sometimes just (laughs) easily overlooked aspect of business and one of the most important ones. Because if we don't really look at is this business that I'm creating like my, um, the amount of energy that I'm going to have to commit to the amount of hours, the amount of attention, whatever it is that this business is going to take for me. Like if that's not sustainable from you, for you from the get go, growing it in a different direction, isn't necessarily going to fix that problem. And I think that that's maybe what happens too, as people start something and it's not sustainable And instead of going back to the basics, then they're like, oh, I need more of this or or somehow I need to change this or go in this different direction because that's going to give me what I need, where we really have to sometimes pause um, and reflect. And, you know, we live in a culture, I, I constantly have to bring up cultural conditioning here because in our, and I think it's in this, in the United States for sure. And I think you can speak to this, Sonia, in the more Australian culture, but we tend to want to always move forward. It's also part of humanity. Like we just want to move forward. We want to see the growth. We want to see a trajectory. We have a harder time with reflection, Mm. moving backwards, rewinding, reflecting, resting. Like this is the one of the most um, important pieces of human development is the ebb back, yes. you know, the, the reset to the like, let's, and you even look at um, in child development, you see a child start to falter in their development right before they learn a new behavior or a new physical development happens, right? So they start mm. stumbling before they start walking better or they start running or whatever that is. And so we forget that like there's no shame. It's actually the opposite to stop, reflect, go smaller, rewind, like all of those things that we don't associate with success in my mind, those are the key to success. Those are the things we have to learn to do more of and understand what that means for our business. Yeah. Yeah. Look, and, and it's epidemic. I mean, you know, I, 
I see, you know, million dollar businesses and huge businesses that are successful financially topple over because they don't have the foundations right, because they didn't go through that sustainable process. And, you know, you can kind of think of it like when you're looking at growth, like a graph or whatever, or sort of a an image of it, you know, a lot of people sort of have the graph that just like is the arrow going up, right? You know, in, in sort of a curved fashion. But I actually think that the healthy way to growth is is more of a of a stair step, right? So so you grow a little bit and then you you let yourself integrate and you know stabilize in that next level of growth. And then you grow up again and then you stabilize, you chop wood, you carry water, you get to where everything's habitual you make everything sustainable and then you go up again and then you go back across, you know, that, so that, so it's like more of that stair step where you're really stabilizing after each small growth rather than just trying to grow again. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Again, stabilization, sustainability, (laughs) reflection. (laughs) I think we see a pattern here. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, we are sort of taking similar things and then wrapping them around different aspects of business because, you know, we don't always think of them in, in terms of that. I think a lot of people like the idea of a sustainable business, but they don't realize how they're sabotaging that, you know, even in their sort of uh, pushing for growth instead of really stabilizing in the place that they're in and saying, okay, let's improve where I'm at right now. Let's make sure this is more stabilized and then we'll move to the, to the next level. Um, and I, you know, I think we can sort of talk about some of the different ways to grow, you know, so that there's, you know, there is, uh, sort of like better and, less better ways, I think, of growing. Uh, And you have to look at it in terms of the kind of business model you have. Business model, and I don't know how much we've talked about business models, but business model that you, like understanding your business model is really, really actually very, very important. And I think it's not a very sexy topic. It's funny because um, I test topics sometimes in, in some of my live masterminds and and um, and the business model topic never, ever gets any traction. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine. I was like, oh, yay, let's get on and talk about my business model. <laughs> well, the marketing and sales, man, they do really well. <laughs> Yeah. See, that's what I was speaking about earlier. Like there's just like the really exciting stuff and the metrics and the yeah. model. Like who wants to talk about that? Exactly. And yet they're so important. Yeah. So important. And, and so like- to reframe just, it, make it yeah. sexy. I don't know what we could do. Your business shape. Get your business shape and mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we can, we can work on that. We're going to work on a reframe, but I think, you know, understanding your business model, understanding how you're going to make money, understanding your profitability, those things are really important. One of the reasons why I teach a very specific business model for service businesses, and I only teach one, um, is because it's the highest profit model. And I want women to have more profit, therefore more freedom, therefore more impact. And so for me, that's the that's the model I focus on. But, you know, depending on what kind of model you have, you're going to have like less and less profit depending on what it is. And therefore, um, you have to look at it in terms of scaling or growing your business. It's going to change it. So for instance, you know, I teach sort of a having one high value program. That's all you offer. That's all you sell. And then I have a way to scale that particular program. So that leads to more high profit, right? But you've got a lot of people who are doing things like say a workshop model 
where they're doing lots and lots of workshops and you have to do lots of marketing to workshops and, you know, they're less cost. And so like a workshop model is less profit and you have to do more workshops. Eventually you're going to max out in time. You can, you know, there's also sort of like the, if you have a brick and mortar business and then you want to have a second brick and mortar business, you know, brick and mortar businesses have less profit because they have a lots of overhead, you know, so that's, you know, one of yeah. the things we have to look at whenever we've got a brick and mortar is it's, it's lots of overhead. You're paying to keep the lights on. You're paying to have a physical location. You're paying for all of those sort of basic things that are about brick and mortars. <clears throat> and I think, you know, that's a less profit model. If you're doing products, and especially like low cost products, that is even a, a less, you know, profit model. And so you have to sell more and more and more and more and more product. Uh, and so then you have to look at ways to leverage your time and ways to grow your business in a way that increases your profit, not decreases your profit. And this is what I've seen a lot is that people try to grow their business, but the way they grow it decreases their profit. Um, and that's done a lot through hiring. The more people you hire, I mean, the, you know, most people will say that the biggest expense you have in your business is your labor. So the more people you hire, the more, you know, expense and then your overheads as well. But you have to look at all these things. So you really have to understand your business model and again, your metrics in order to be able to look at what's the best way for me to grow so that I'm actually creating more profit and not just like, you know, spending more time and all of things like that. Yeah. And that's really true. Like there's different models that just have a, um, they're just like high overhead, low profit that might still be very um, exciting to you, but you have to be mindful of that. Like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. this is how my model is. It's not going to, um, I'm not going to just be able to grow a, a second brick and mortar space and then make all this additional money. It's like, you already know that you're going to have to consider that growth has a big price, you know, price tag associated with your growth model. And then how are you considering, um, the, the revenue that comes along with that. And, and that's something that, um, because we don't think enough about our business models at times, or we don't want to talk about them, that we can get a little bit in trouble, I think, by mm -hmm. not really understanding that it's, I guess what, what I've seen happen is that someone has kind of a low profit margin business. Um, that's just kind of in, that's just innate to that business model. And yeah. then they feel like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Like, what am I doing? And this isn't what I want. And this isn't working. And it's like, well, did you realize like when you launched this, <laughs> that it was a low profit margin, like that, but that it has this longevity that comes with it. And then it's building equity over time, or maybe that's what you're looking for. You know, but if we don't really know what our business is truly about, then we can't grow the direction that we want because you might want to make a complete shift in your business model. That might be the, the thing you want to do before you try to go somewhere else with it. It's pivot the model itself, reflect yep. on making some fundamental foundational changes like you mentioned, and then look at like a growth model. So yeah, I just think that there's so much more to be considered mm -hmm. and people want to have the quick fix. This is just such a human can, you know, it's our human condition. We don't yep. like discomfort. We want to go to the next big shiny thing. Yep. And it looks like everybody else is doing it. Everybody else has the awesome shiny thing mm -hmm. um, that they're showing us and they're in their social media images. So it's really quick. <laughs> 
it's really easy to get, yeah, to get kind of mixed around with that. Well, and everyone's selling it. I mean, and that's the marketing, right? That's the marketing piece. I feel like, you know, I'm trying to sell the opposite and that's actually quite hard because you're going against the grain, but you know, you're like, most people are selling the quick fix. Oh, I can get you to a million dollars. I can get you to a million, you know, this and that just, you know, invest in my program. And in six weeks, you'll have more money than you've ever had. I mean, people are selling that all the time, especially in the circles that I'm in, in service business industries. I mean, it is like everywhere. It's rampant and it's really unrealistic. And, you know, I think it's, yeah, I mean, this is sort of the nature of what we have to deal with. And so we need more truth and more transparency and more honesty because a lot of the people who are selling quick fixes, they're selling them off of something that worked that's not going to work in six months. And so, you know, what you don't realize is anything you're investing in that's a quick fix, you can guarantee it's not going to work down the road. And so you don't have a sustainable business. Right. Yep. That when it's too quick to too good to be true. It's saying yeah. it too quick to be true. It's too quick. Yeah. It's too quick. It's not going to happen. It's not going to be sustainable. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and they also show like that people who, um, whenever there's like very quick growth, there's usually less sustainability to that. You know, it's even just like mm-hmm. when people win the lotto and they always, they end up like having more financial problems than they did before. Yeah. Same thing can happen with a business. Like if it's making, you think, oh, it's all about money. As soon as I make all this money, all my problems are going to be solved. But there's just more things that come up with more money being generated. There's more cost. And sometimes mm-hmm. it gets away from you. And then you're mismanaging much larger amounts of money, which is dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> you do a lot more damage with that. So I, I really like kind of just want to say like speaking to simplicity, I tend Mm. to like more minimalist choices in my life. That's just me. I like to have a home that I can maintain if it's too big and I have to clean way more space than I want or have a whole team to come and do my yard in my house. (laughs) then that's not what I want. I'd rather have a very like nice, moderate home. And then I want to spend money on experiences. I want to travel. I want to do, so it's like, for me, my business has to look like that too. It has to be something that's more simple. That's easy to maintain. It doesn't require, um, a large team. Like that's something I know about myself, right? It's like, so I'll never, I don't actually ever want to grow to like a where I have this huge amount of responsibility over a physical team or a physical space. Like that's just not going to be something I'm going to aim for. I'm going to find my satisfaction and my impact and my growth in different ways. Yeah. And I think that is something we have to consider. I mean, the bottom line is that, you know, growth is not just something you should be going after. You should be more clearly um, looking at what does that growth look like for you? What's the realities of that growth? What do you actually want? Because you're totally right. I mean, I am also all for simplicity. I teach simplicity. I practice simplicity. And the the more you grow and the more, um, you know, like I think this sort of million dollar figure we talk about a lot because it's like, it's that thing out there that everyone's talking about. But I think, you know, what we don't realize is the bigger your business grows, the more um, stress you're going to have, the the less freedom, the more problems. Like it, it isn't that you, you know, make more money and have less problems. You make more money and have more problems. And, and right. that's okay if that's absolutely what you want, but your values need to be aligned with your goals and of growth. And you need to be clear at what you want to create. Um, like I know for, for me and in the service business models that I teach, 
there's a threshold where it changes. So, you know, like I talk about, you know, really you can, you can get into that stabilized business foundation and be making, you know, 20 K a month in that very stabilized foundation and not have to do too much lead generation or marketing, you know, going from 20 to 40 K a month, that is, you know, going to require some simple lead generation and some different pieces, like going beyond 40 K in the model that I teach a month, then you're really talking about, you know, having to hire, you're going to have less profit. You're going to have some more complicated things in your business. So not everybody wants to go beyond that because it's going to totally change how you're operating your business. And if that's something that's aligned with your goals and that's something with, that you want, awesome. But if that if you want less complication, if you want more relaxation, if you want more freedom, well, then you probably don't want to go beyond that point. So you know, it really is about making sure you understand your business model, your intentions for growth, and then make sure you're doing it in a very sustainable fashion. Slow and steady definitely wins a race. And so I think these are really important things to keep in mind. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, I know. I'm just like thinking I'm happy with my choice right now. <laughs> like really sitting in reflection. And I also just want to speak to what's going on um, really quickly with um, this time of year is a really good time. Like I'm headed to Alberta, Canada in a couple of weeks, Miss Sonia. I think I've told you this a long time ago, but I haven't mentioned it um, recently. Women Who Co-Work, which is an international um, group of female founders that own and operate their own co-working spaces. We're all headed to Banff um, National Park in October, the end of this month, to re- set and to release, to let go of the things that no longer serve us. And this is a perfect time to do the simplification. This is fall for us and the Northern Hemisphere. (laughs) And we are letting go and um, really kind of rekindling the fire. And, And I think that this is about growth. Growth is fire, but you have to really pull back and let go of the things you no longer need before you can truly um, light that flame and Mm. go in a direction that you really, truly want to go. Yeah. I look, I think that's amazing and a good reminder. And, you know, I do think a lot of times we have to let go and strip back before we can stabilize and therefore before we can grow. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of threads we could pull from this episode, but I hope you all have enjoyed it. And I think, you know, the bottom line is, is, you know, growth shouldn't just be something that you take for granted. It should be something that's more deliberate and that you really have a lot of awareness around what you want to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So thank you for joining us and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can dive into more of the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease so they can create more success, more fulfillment, and more liberation. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We are so appreciative of your support. Okay. Okay, talk to you next week.